Acts chapter 7. Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these accusations true? This was Stephen's reply. Brothers and fathers, listen to me. Our glorious God appeared to our ancestor Abraham in Mesopotamia before he settled in Haran. God told him, Leave your native land and your relatives and come into the land that I will show you. So Abraham left the land of the Chaldeans and lived in Haran until his father died. Then God brought him here to the land where you now live. But God gave him no inheritance, not even one square foot of land. God did promise, however, that eventually the whole land would belong to Abraham and his descendants, even though he had no children. God also told him that his descendants would live in a foreign land where they would be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves him, God said. And in the end, they will come out and worship me here in this place. God also gave Abraham the covenant of circumcision at that time. So when Abraham, because the father of Isaac, he circumcised him on the eighth day. And the practice was continued when Isaac became the father of Jacob, and when Jacob became the father of the twelve patriarchs of the Israelite nation. These patriarchs were jealous of their brother Joseph, and they told him to be a slave, sold him to be a slave in Egypt. But God was with him and rescued him from all his troubles, and God gave him favor before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God also gave Joseph unusual wisdom so that Pharaoh appointed him governor over all of Egypt and put him in charge of the palace. But famine came upon Egypt and Canaan. There was great misery and our ancestors ran out of food. Jacob heard that there was still grain in Egypt, so he sent his sons, our ancestors, to buy some. The second time they went, Joseph revealed his identity to his brothers and they were introduced to Pharaoh. Then Joseph sent for his father, Jacob, and all his relatives to come to Egypt, 75 persons in all. So Jacob went to Egypt. He died there, as did our ancestors. Their bodies were taken to Sheshem and buried in the tomb. Abraham had bought for a certain price from Hamar's sons in Sheshem. As the time drew near, when God would fulfill his promise to Abraham, the number of our people in Egypt greatly increased. But then a new king came to the throne of Egypt who knew nothing about Joseph. This king exploited our people and oppressed them, forcing parents to abandon their newborn babies so they would die. At that time, Moses was born, a beautiful child in God's eyes. His parents cared for him at home for three months. When they had to abandon him, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and raised him as her own son. Moses was taught all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was powerful in both speech and action. One day, Moses was 40 years old. He decided to visit his relatives, the people of Israel. He saw an Egyptian mistreating the Israelites. So Moses came to the man's defense and avenged him, killing the Egyptian. Moses assumed his fellow Israelites would realize that God had sent him to rescue them, but they didn't. The next day, he visited them again and saw two men of Israel fighting. He tried to be a peacemaker. Men, he said, you're brothers. Why are you fighting each other? But the man in the wrong pushed Moses aside. 
Who made you a ruler and judge over us, he asked. Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? When Moses heard that, he fled the country and lived as a foreigner in the land of Midian. There, his two sons were born. Forty years later, in the desert near Mount Sinai, an angel appeared to Moses in the flame of a burning bush. When, Joseph, uh, when Moses saw it, he was amazed at the sight. As he went to take a closer look, the voice of the Lord called out to him, I am the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Moses shook with terror and did not dare to look. Then the Lord said to him, Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans, and I have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. So God sent back the same man his people had previously rejected, when they demanded, Who made you ruler and judge over us? Through the angel who appeared to him appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and saviour. And by means of many word, wonders and miraculous, miraculous signs, <laughs> he led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea and through the wilderness for 40 years. Moses himself told the people of Israel, God will raise up for you a prophet like me among your own people. Moses was with our ancestors an assembly of God's, of God's people in the wilderness when the angel spoke to him at Mount Sinai. And there Moses received life-giving words to pass on to us. But our ancestors refused to listen to Moses. They rejected him and wanted to return to Egypt. They told Aaron, Make us some gods who can lead us, for we don't know what will become of this Moses who brought us out of Egypt. So they made an idol shaped like a calf, and they sacrificed to it and celebrated over this thing they had made. Then God turned away from them and abandoned them to serve the stars of heaven as their gods. In the book of the prophets, it is written, Was it to me you were bringing sacrifices and offerings during those 40 years in the wilderness, Israel? No, you carried your pagan gods to the shrine of Molech, the star of your god, Rephen, and the images you made to worship them. So I will send you into exile as far as Babylon. Our ancestors carried the tabernacle with them through the wilderness. It was constructed according to the plan God had shown to Moses. Years later, when Joshua led our ancestors in battle against the nations that God drove out of this land, the tabernacle was taken with them into their new territory, and it stayed there until the time of King David. David found favour with God and asked for the privileges of building a permanent temple for the God of Jacob, but it was Solomon who actually built it. However, the Most High doesn't live in temples made by human hands. As the prophet says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Could you build me a temple as good as that? Asked the Lord. Could you build me such a resting place? Didn't my hands make both heaven and earth? You stubborn people, you are heathen at heart and deaf to the truth. 
must you forever resist the Holy Spirit? That's what your ancestors did, and so do you. Name one prophet your ancestors didn't persecute. They even killed the ones who predicted the coming of the righteous one, the Messiah whom you betrayed and murdered. You deliberately disobeyed God's law, even though you received it from the hands of angels. The Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they shook their fists at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honour at God's right hand, and he told them, Look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man in the place of honour at God's right hand. Then they put their hands over their ears and began shouting. They rushed at him and dragged him out of the city and began to stone him. His accuser took off their coats and laid them at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they stoned him, Stephen prayed. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. He fell to his knees, shouting, Lord, don't charge them with this sin. And with that, he died. Whenever I read this passage, I always imagine it being played out like a bit of a scene in a film when you've got the character sort of narrating and then you've got the montage of pictures and and clips being overlaid over it. And this is a bit of a similar scene with Stephen on his trial and he's just reciting a massive chunk of Israel's history which we now find in the Old Testament and I always see it as these sort of clips flashing up in front of them which must have been the same for the teachers of the law. They were so familiar with these characters, way more familiar than we are. They would have known it to that next level. They would have probably been able to memorize those stories and those accounts inside out. And here Stephen is challenging them. He's challenging, yes, they might have that head knowledge, but their hearts, they haven't allowed their hearts to be transformed by the Spirit. We don't want to be like these teachers of the law, so familiar with these stories, so familiar with what God has done that we miss the point, that we're numbed by the majesty that is Jesus. And Stephen's biggest challenge that he says at the end is about their resistance to the Holy Spirit. So as disciples today, Do we get so fixated on head knowledge? Do we get so fixated on stories of old tales of revivals and renewals of those characters of your your John Wesley's or your Billy Graham's or even our own experiences from our youth or a few years ago? God is always writing his story and the Holy Spirit is the ink. So will we be open to the Spirit's work in our lives? Or will we resist it? When we read an account like this, we can easily think that, gosh, this must be the downfall of the gospel. Everything's been quite exciting up until now. But blimey, persecution has hit. They've really hit a wall here, the apostles in the early church. They've, they've had their first martyr. But as it says 
just at the start of the next chapter in A, I'm skipping ahead. It says, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Jesus never said it would be easy. He even said we'd be sent out like sheep among wolves. But take heart, because the sheep have a shepherd. He is the lamb. He is also the lion. And I'd always back a lion against a wolf. So let us be like Stephen and be filled with the Holy Spirit today. Let us pray. God, we thank you for your promises. Jesus, we thank you that you came. Let us not lose sight of your majesty. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you are still on the move. There are new things coming. And would you be with us today? We invite you, Holy Spirit, fill us. Amen.